You're listening to Season 5, Episode Number 9 of Strike the Match. In this final episode of Season 5, John Furch is my guest. We talk about the topic, climate change and mission. There are few people in the missions community today discussing this important topic, and so I thought it'd be great for John to come on to the show and share about some of his recent research. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with teacher and missiologist, Dr. J.D. Penn. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. Almost every day when I read the news headlines or I'm listening to the news on television, on the radio, in my car, uh, quite often, almost every, almost, maybe I shouldn't say almost every day, that's kind of speaking uh, hyperbolically, but very, very frequently, I will hear discussions about climate change. Uh, what's fascinating is that when I was uh, when I was an elementary school student, I remember hearing uh, talk about the greenhouse gases and the greenhouse effect. And then for many years, that conversation almost just went away. And uh, recently, if you have been uh, living anywhere uh, in uh, definitely in the Western world, you know that there has been a great deal of conversation related to this topic of climate change. And uh, I recently attended uh, the Evangelical Missiological Society's uh, annual gathering in, uh, uh, in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas this past fall. And uh, during that, that time, uh, like every year, we, uh, we come together and we listen to different presentations. We listen to plenary sessions, but at the same time, we, we listen to a lot of individual research being presented in a paper form. And when I was there, I saw a particular title on the uh, on the um, uh, session uh, titled Climate Change and the Alaskan Native Diaspora. Uh, that immediately piqued my curiosity because I uh, had been hearing a great deal about it, obviously, in the news. And uh, very few, uh, very few uh, believers, uh, churches, mission agencies uh, have been talking about this topic. I've heard one or two just kind of mention, mention it in passing. Uh, but it's uh, it's a conversation topic that really hasn't uh, moved deeply into the uh, world of of missions, and so I uh, got a chance to hear this presentation. It's an excellent presentation by by John Furch. Uh, John is uh, an associate pastor at Hope Church in uh, the greater Metro St. Louis area in uh, in Missouri. And uh, he and I got a chance to spend a few moments together talking, and I asked him if he'd be willing to come onto the program to share a little bit about uh, his experience, his observations, and from his research. And so I know that for those of you that are listening, this is, uh, this is something new. This is something that's, um, that's very much out there on the edge, uh, but that's obviously what I like to do uh, from time to time here on this podcast. So whether you agree uh, or not, to the effects of climate change, uh, that's not my concern, uh, and that's not really the point of our conversation that I'm having with John today. Um, the conversation that we're having is related to the realities of what is already happening, what is taking place, and how that's affecting uh, communities, and how, in all likelihood, that will continue. And how should the how should the church think about that in these times? And so, it is a pleasure to have John Furch uh, with us on today's program, Strike the Match. So, John, welcome to the show. Hi, J.D. It's great to be with you today. 
So you're in uh, St. Louis. The last time we talked, uh, we were in, in Texas together. Uh, you are an associate pastor. Tell us a little bit about your present ministry. That's right. I am a part-time associate pastor at Hope Church in St. Louis, Missouri. We're a congregation going on a 130 years of, of history here in the St. Louis area with a strong um, historic contribution to, to world missions. So that's part of the DNA of our church here. Um, prior to uh, coming here on staff at Hope Church, I was a, a missionary commissioned by Hope Church uh, serving in Alaska. My wife and I, I have three children. Two of them were born in Alaska, and we were on staff at Alaska Bible College, where our focus was um, developing indigenous leaders for the Alaska Native Church. So that's our, our recent history. I'm a graduate of Moody Theological Seminary. My wife and I both graduated from Moody Bible Institute before uh, heading up to Alaska. Well, John, one of the things that I have noticed uh, from reading online, uh, and this would be in other parts of the world, it's not even in the North American context, of a lot of people living along those coastal areas, uh, particularly in parts of, of, of Asia, that because of either erosion or rising uh, water levels uh, or um, you know greater frequencies of storms and things of that nature, uh, they're, they're having to to change their long-standing patterns and routines of life. So what I'm hearing you say is that there is an expression of that that's happening among the, the Native Alaskans, that they're having to make some significant adjustments to, uh, to a lifestyle that has not had to make these adjustments before. Yeah, that's especially the case in um, in, in several villages along the coastline there. Uh, the villages of, of Kivalina and Shishmaref and Nutok, they often show up in, in news reports along these lines just because of the, the increasing um, strength of the winter storms and the decreasing ice cover on uh -huh. the coastline. Uh, these villages are are eroding. They're sinking into the ocean. Uh, they're 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 built on barrier islands uh, for the most part, sandy uh, sandy territory there, uh, right on the coast. And it just gets battered every year by the wind and the waves, and um, houses falling into the ocean. And uh, the residents are being forced to to look at relocation, uh, mm. either either actually building a new village on more solid ground, or if that doesn't materialize, they're going to have to uh, pick up and move to the city, move mm, into Anchorage, good. you know, set up in an apartment building. And you can imagine um, the, the, the dramatic changes that that brings to a family that's uh, lived on this territory for generations. Certainly. Their livelihood is built on it. Yeah, so. I mean, the, the, the social upheaval and, and, and you know, just, just disruption is is massive. I, I just recently watched a, a news story, and I cannot remember what um, what organization did the coverage, but it was it was on it was on the the real possibility that an entire um, Alaskan village was going to have to to relocate. And they were talking about the funding who's going to help pay for that. Um, there was another village that had already relocated, moved, uh, you know, inland. Um, and, and it was, I mean, it was a serious, serious matter. 
accounts, right? In in 2003, um, the U.S. General Accounting Office issued a report on erosion in Alaska, and they concluded that uh, 184 out of all 213 Alaska Native villages are facing flooding and erosion to some extent. So this is a widespread issue. Mm. Now, that's not to say that every native village in Alaska is disappearing. Right. Uh, we have interior villages, we have ex, uh, uh, coastal villages, villages on islands. So there, it, it's a spectrum. And I, I certainly don't want to point this picture that you know, everybody in, is leaving rural Alaska for the city right. because they're falling into the ocean. But uh, it is a real issue uh, impacting uh American lives in yeah. this case. Well, your your paper, uh, you know, was was excellent. You know, it was crafted in a very excellent fashion, and it was, I think, a fantastic, you know, case study uh, of looking at uh, the area of North America that that you looked at. But you did something in the paper that I thought uh, was very helpful, and I think it'd be important for us to to have a few moments to talk about about that. And 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 that's the topic or the question about um, why why should missionaries be concerned about this issue of, of climate change. In other words, you know what, you know, obviously a lot of folks are listening to this uh, this podcast. Uh, the majority of them are not in Alaska. Some some are, but mm-hmm. the majority are not. So so why should uh, the uh, you know, kingdom servants that are on mission throughout the world why why should they be concerned about this topic of climate change? Well, bottom line is this is a a growing force influencing the lives of the people that we serve that 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 Jesus gave his life for and commissioned us to go and make disciples and uh and this is this is reshaping societies on a on a regular basis today uh so it's something we're going to have to grapple with when we look at the the kingdom task um just this week, there was a report issued by uh, Oxfam, the NGO mm-hmm. that is uh, combating poverty on a global scale. And they, they just, just on December 2nd, uh, they issued a report on uh, how climate change is contributing to, uh, to, to poverty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reported that over the last decade, 20 million people per year have been displaced from their homes due to climate change. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a big deal for us as missionaries when we talk about bringing this this message of hope to the world. Um, it's a it's it's a force that's shaping global politics. Uh, we have uh, we have we have nations vying for um, for power. In the north, in particular, in the Arctic, uh, it was recently in the news. Donald Trump's bid to purchase Greenland, and and, and you know, China declaring itself a quote unquote near Arctic state. Um, there, there could easily be uh, real geo- geopolitical conflict in the near future uh, over the north as we look at all these resources that are thawing out up there and and that's that's my region that i i i have particular vested interest in but i i think it's a uh, a case study that illustrates the greater um global scope of the issue yeah i mean if you think about like the 
you know, this obviously is in Asia. It's, you know, all the, all the continents are being affected in some shape, form, or fashion. But I mean, if you think about a community, a family that uh, has primarily been based on agriculture, and uh, that's their livelihood, and they do not have another skill or trade, and they have to uproot, uh, and maybe they go to the next, to the big city. Uh, you know, how do they support themselves? So, I mean, I mean, you bring up, bring up a great point about the importance of, of recognizing that there is an element of loving our neighbor uh, that's experiencing a great deal of, of transition uh, because of um, matters related to the climate. Yeah, yes, that's right. And we've seen this over and again throughout history as we study missions history, not necessarily with climate change, but uh, with God using these geopolitical forces to to create opportunities for gospel witness. Yes. And I think that's something that the church can uh, can really wake up to regardless of your your position on you know is the climate changing because of human influence or not uh, I mean set that aside and look at the people that are being being, affected on a regular right. basis and right. and ask yourself what what does Jesus want us to do um, mm-hmm. how do we reach out this is this is creating opportunities for for global kingdom witness and um, yes and that's a real thing that the missiological community can can respond to well you know in the title of your presentation you you, you use the word diaspora uh, that that is there and 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 I've talked on this program before about uh, global migration and our responsibility. Uh, there are all those push-pull factors mm-hmm. that uh, sociologists, anthropologists talk about. Uh, generally, those push-pull factors are related to um, lack of employment, better education, better quality of life, you know, war, uh, you know, things of that nature. Uh, the... The community, if I can use the word, the secular social scientists, if you will, they've been talking about this issue of how climate change is is leading to large migrations and migrations of of even smaller populations of people. But what you're you're touching on is you're trying to say, if I understand correctly, that um, the missiological community, the church, the body of Christ, we need to begin to think strategically as well. Uh, in light of the fact that um, some of the people groups that we haven't been able to connect with may be moving to other locations where we could connect with them, and then maybe some of those that we're ministering to right now, they may have to uproot and move. And so what will we do? Uh, am, I, am I reading you correctly? Yes, I, th- I think so. Um, one, one, in, one factor we, we often see uh, as we, as sociologists study climate change, is that the the government response is often lopsided uh, to these these disasters and uh, displacement that comes up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have these these little villages in Alaska that are clamoring for some help, and uh, mm-hmm. there's all this red tape that they're trying to cut through to to secure funding. You gotta uh, you gotta move the school, build an airstrip, uh, so on and so forth, uh, if you want to save your village. And um, and what we see often happening around the world is that uh, a disproportionate amount of the of the resources to address this goes to 
people of means, uh, mm. the people with the mm-hmm. political power to, 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 to speak up and gain a voice for, for their little piece of land, and uh, those with less, less clout, less power, less economic influence uh, receive less help. Uh, we mm. see that in even here in the United States, Alaska Native Villages is are one example. But um, think about the the hurricanes that have hit mm-hmm. our East Coast recently. When we had the mm-hmm. hurricane uh, Katrina and Maria hitting uh, Puerto Rico and in New Orleans, and and the the news painted a pretty clear picture of some of the 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 issues with getting aid to those areas and then you have hurricane sandy that hits hits new york and there is a real lopsided um mm. picture that emerges as we compare mm. how even in our own country we, we respond to these issues and that's something that the church uh, can step into the church can uh, wake up to that and provide some um some resources, some manpower, some um, some real assistance. I mean, that's that's kind of our place as the church uh, is to speak up for for those who have a harder time defending themselves and um, and advocating for the for the disenfranchised, for the for the poor, for the needy. So, so whenever we begin to talk about like church's responsibility, maybe how the church can mm-hmm. be effective where maybe some of the governments uh, have not been so effective. Um, you're, you're, you're saying this is not just for missionaries, but you're saying local mm-hmm. established churches need to even think about ministry strategies uh, to, to pool resources, to leverage their influence, yeah. um, to help out some of these that are in transition and being affected by this. Yeah, I think simply being aware of this issue, getting it on our radar screen uh, as a local church, as a missions organization, so that when the opportunity arises, we are able to act. We're able to um, have a framework to to go from, um, and um, and and that's an important thing to think through. Uh, as a church, I think. Uh, a number of missions agencies have already begun doing that. I know Chris Starr has um, a, a specific uh, arm of the ministry focusing on on environmental issues, uh, OMF, a team, a number of a number of major mi- mission organizations are doing that, beginning to think through that. and and that's a good thing. But as, as a church, I feel like often, Oftentimes, the the conservative evangelical response to some of these issues is we almost end up uh, blaming the victim of some of these these um, issues. I mean, you, you ask questions like, "Well, why did they build their village on a on a barrier island to begin with? I mean, it, it, what's our responsibility? Isn't that um, a little bit of their own fault for that?" Um, we need to avoid that kind of mindset for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, in, in Alaska, we we look looking at the history of the Alaska Native people. Uh, these villages didn't exist a hundred years ago. Uh, they were founded by missionaries who came and um, 
established schools with government funding and the easiest place they could get to is right there on the beach and that's where you build a school and government passes laws requiring everyone to attend school or be removed from your family and and that dictates where you're going to settle down these were semi nomadic people historically so we've had a hand historically in contributing to some of these these scenarios. And so I think we bear a little bit of a moral responsibility there, um, particularly in Alaska. But I imagine that if we study similar uh, similar scenarios around the world, there is, you know, our hands aren't clean. Uh, this Oxfam report that I mentioned earlier um, notes repeatedly that it's, it's really the people that have contributed the least amount of of anyone to climate change that are being disproportionately affected by it uh, because of the lack of resources being able to respond. Um, and so that's that's something the church ought to pay attention to. Well, John, I, I certainly certainly appreciate your, your work on on this topic and, and your experience there and and just you know challenging us, you know, challenging us to to think about not only missionary strategy, uh, related to the issue of of climate change, but but challenging established churches to think about how they can see this as an opportunity for for ministry and think about them developing you know future strategy for for what what they're doing. You're 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 doing a great great job talking about a topic that is, has a great deal of of attention in the mainstream uh, media and and conversations around the water coolers and in the marketplace but for the most part within the church within the um the missionary community we haven't started uh having this conversation the way that we need to, to do and and I'm I'm so thankful that you've been willing to give up your time and be with us today on uh, on this episode of, of strike the match and, and share some some very cutting edge uh research that's very fresh as well if uh, John, if people want to get in touch with you, someone's hearing you talk about this, and they and it just run, kind of resonates with them, or maybe they have additional questions, or maybe uh, they um, they just want to get your insight on something. Uh, could, is there a way that people could get in touch with you? Probably the easiest way is to send me an email. Um, my email address is John J O H N at hope church dot com. So that's the word hope with a hyphen, and then the word church. Dot com, uh, John at hope-church.com. So um, I check that email address on a regular basis. You can get in touch with me that way. Uh, you can also try to find me on Facebook or something like that. But if I don't recognize you, I may not see your message right away. So, <laughs> Well, John, thank you so very much for, for being with us today and sharing from your, your experience. And Lord bless you, brother, in your ministry and all that you're doing. Well, sure. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, God, God bless you as well. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Day. You can find J.D. on Instagram, Facebook, or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpain.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite Android app or at iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.